the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The power that resides in us is the power that created us. That is an amazing thought to consider, and we'll do just that next, here on Truth For Today. Let me say that again. It bears repeating. The the power that is in us is the power that created us. In other words, the very God who fashioned and formed you and I and then redeemed you and I through Christ is the very same God that lives within us. That is an amazing power. The power of a new creation is the subject of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Welcome to the broadcast. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Catch up with us there, won't you? And join us for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The truth sets free, not a man's smooth speech, not his manner. The message sets free, not the preacher. You can be scared. I know my brother Paul, he used to drive me around uh, when I was 15. I didn't have driver's license, and he would drive me around to preach. And boy, he was critical. At the end of the message, when we're driving home, he, he would read off every mispronounced, every, I mean, he kept a record. I mean, he was embarrassed what he's hearing, because uh, I was slaughtering it. And you did this, and you did that wrong, and blah, blah, blah. But And then sometimes he'd say, you are one of the boldest young punks I've ever heard. He said, you are bold, and you're only 15. Why are you so bold on it? I said, well, if it says it in the Bible, I could say it, can I? He said, yeah, but you're a kid. I said, it doesn't make any difference if God said it. And he said, well, it's a miracle they ever have you back. <laughs> and he's right about that. Uh, he, uh, we don't distort the word of God. On the contrary, we're appealing to your conscience, and we're preaching as before God. We're preaching before God uh, in the face of God. And he said in 1 Corinthians 4, he said, It's a small thing if I'm judged by men, for my motives will be exposed before the living God. Think of every one of you along with me. He said, Your motives will be exposed before the Lord. James 3 says, by the way, you want to be a Bible teacher? Don't seek to be teachers because God's got a severe judgment for you teachers. You're too lazy to study to know what it means and you still tell people what it means. He said, you ought not to get in that arena unless you plan to study because I hold you accountable. I, I don't want you to play fast and loose with my word. Say what I said. Study to show yourself approved, not ashamed of the work you did. Awesome responsibility. Then he goes on 
And he says, I am this kind of a minister. God put me in the ministry out of mercy. Uh, I haven't lost heart. I'm still at it. Uh, I don't adulterate. I haven't given up my integrity. I don't have to be a liar to be a preacher. And this man certainly was not. But he said, let me tell you something about my message. It's not always received. And some of my critics are saying, you know what, if you're so right, why aren't more people believing it? If you're so right, why aren't there more converts? And he said throughout Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 1, he said, what I am preaching in Athens is foolishness, and I know it. The intelligentsia of the ancient Near East in the Greek world, Philo, Aristotle, Herod, they would shoo me off of Mars Hill. I'm seen as an idiot. For what we preach, the preaching of the cross, is foolishness to men who are perishing. And I know that. Chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. I know that when I come with my message, it stinks to those that are perishing. It smells like death. And they say, get that rotten message out of here. I don't need this. Get out of here. Get out of here. Why do you think he was stoned, run out of town? He would speak many times in the synagogue, have a good hearing, and before it's over, they're throwing him out. They're persecuting him. And he's going to say, my message has mixed reviews. Jesus said one time, don't be alarmed that the multitudes are not listening to me. For straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and everybody will get on it. How many get on it? Few. How did you wind up on it? We'll we'll look at that. The God of this age, which is a term for Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. As long as you're refusing to believe God, you will live with a mental blindness. This blindness is understanding, comprehension. You remember what he said in chapter 3? That Israel, they can't understand God. They don't understand the law. Uh, And he said, this veil is only removed when you come to Christ. Faith in Christ opens up and floods the heart with understanding and comprehension of God. But as long as Christ is kept out, the mind will stay uninformed. You cannot be saved with a Bible only. God must do something inwardly. That's what the new covenant's about. It's not in stones. It's in the heart. I want to give you a new spirit. I want to engrave my law inside. God must do something in us. It's not just externals, religion, formality, ceremony. It's all hogwash when it comes to knowing God. What happens inside? And here he says, I know that the message I preach, Paul is saying, is 
Men can't see it. And I'm saying, do you see the sun? I can't see what, where there is no sun. There is no such thing as the sun. There is. Open your eyes. I, I don't see it. It must not be true. It can't exist if I don't see it. Uh, how many fingers do you see? Well, I don't see any. Well, uh, now you do, don't you? Don't you? Uh, uh, there's something in front of you. I don't see it. Get, hear me? I don't get it. I don't get it. How's that? Something between that and my eyes have blinded me. I can't see it. So you mean, Paul, you've been preaching and preaching a message. And you're saying, it looks like I'm wasting my time beating the air to men that will never get it. And I have to say at times this verse has discouraged my heart in evangelism. That the sowing of the gospel demands great patience and endurance because there's so much rejection. Don't be surprised. They cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They, they, they can't see Christ. What, what is it they see? According to John 3, men do not come to the light because their deeds are darkness and they choose the darkness over the light. Because their deeds, they'll choose sin. They'll choose money. They'll choose all kinds of issues. Sin, sin, sin. And they do not see Jesus is glorious. He's going back in this section. He's gone back to Exodus 33 and 34 where Moses wanted to see God's face. And God said, you can't see my face and live, Moses. So I'm going to hide you in the cleft of a rock. I'm going to pass before you. And I'll let my afterglow hang out so you'll see a visible afterglow. But in both chapter 33 and 34, when God reveals his glory, do you know what he reveals? He reveals his character. Not some big, splendid image. Uh, you know, like a fireworks or uh, earth-shaking. It, I'm full of compassion. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will judge unto the fourth generation those who are wicked. And he keeps telling about who he is. His character said, God, I want to see something. Show me your image, your image. He said, I will reveal my name and my character. The glory of God was hidden. And he said, Moses, you can't see my face. You know what the gospel says? God finally has exposed his face, and it's the face of Jesus. And it's a face of mercy, grace. 
He said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. God has exposed himself in Christ. You know what? Hear me. Hear me. Do not get caught up in God talk. God talk is worthless. God talk is worthless. You don't know God without Jesus. If you know the Father, you've come through the Son. And the Father reveals the Son. The Son reveals the Father. Uh, There's people that will talk God, God, God all day. And we don't know what they're talking about. say, what thank you of Christ? There's the issue. There's the issue. God. Demons can talk with you all day about God. There's no atheistic demons. There's never a demon that saw Jesus that denied it was Jesus. But God talked. No, 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 no. They blind you to the glory of God that was demonstrated in the loving, compassionate, dying, suffering, glorious, resurrected, ascended, glorified Son. Have you ever seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus? That's the work of God himself. Now, how can we ever be saved if Satan is blinding? How? I don't know how long it took for you. How many of you were saved before the age of 12? How many before the age of maybe, uh, let's say, 30? So I think it's why child evangelism is so important. The greatest place in the world to lead someone to Christ is a home. A home. Because as you keep rejecting Christ, I think the veil gets thicker and thicker. And it will get easier and easier to live without God. We can't reach children soon enough. If we could turn off all the screens and take a little time for Susie and Johnny to tell them the good news and be the kind of people that love on that child, you are the greatest blessing God put in your child's life. You. You're the greatest blessing. And don't count on our uh, junior department, our children's department are you well, what are you doing mom and dad this is your beloved child we just prayed with Patricia and her three children just got a three week old baby and two little precious girls man I hope Patricia God uses you to lead them to Jesus at a young age but he said there's something that happens in the gospel ministry verse 6 he says For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Hold your Bible right there. Turn to Genesis. If you could find that, that's kind of towards the front. Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Without process, he just created it. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. 
And God said, bara in the Hebrew, which is later to be a creative word. Watch this. God said, let us start an evolutionary process of a billion years. <laughs> what did God say? Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Original creation, when we needed light, God simply steps out, as it were, and simply, I don't think he had to shout it. He just says, let there be light. Wait, just imagine. Every star, sun, moon, everything that brings light in this entire universe began in Genesis 1-3. Let there be light. How do you get light in the new creation? The new birth. God had to step in your life and he did the same creative word. Notice what it says. God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. You heard the message. You heard the message. You heard the message. You heard it. Boom, boom. God finally said, Satan, you've had long enough. Let there be light. Veil lifted, and you caught your first glimpse of Christ, his worthiness, his glory, the gospel message that you'd been blind to. It was a creative miracle for God to save you. A creative miracle. You are a miracle. I said, You are a miracle. If you see it, you are a miracle. Uh, my my sight's been restored. I can see Jesus for who he is. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. And Paul says, I have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Why do I keep preaching the gospel despite all the satanic opposition and blindness? God uses this gospel. It's his vehicle by which he speaks the word. Let there be light. You know what it will take for your kids to be saved? For your grandchildren to be saved? For this word from God, let there be light. Let there be light. This is the mystery. This is the mystery. Uh, some of us, um, I, I've shared it before. It, it's a, uh, a great struggle, especially as a week-by-week preaching pastor to get people saved. Most of my audiences are usually 90% saved, okay? But some people measure all success by external conversions, Who's getting saved? Who's getting saved? Let me ask you how you're doing on a personal level. And uh, 
When I first started preaching, I stayed defeated all the time because uh, I saw some guys that uh, seemed like they, they, were, they can get them to come forward. That was the measure, the altar call coming forward. That was it. I thought, man, I must not have it. I can't get them to come forward. And I saw many come forward that never got saved. We just handed out a lot of Kleenex. And they were broken, but they never got saved. They never continued. You know what? I want to say this. It is a sovereign work of God that saves. You can preach all you want. Can you say it better? Can you say it smoother? Uh, what's your, how can you do it? Uh, unless God, unless God speaks to that heart. And it's the same with you. You may be here and you know the answers. You know the message. Has God ever shined in your heart and said, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is God. He is God's treasure to me. That light awakening is a divine work of God. A divine work of God. You know, I just in reference to my brother, he's nine years old when he got saved. He was in Niles Canyon, California, at a Pentecostal camp meeting. And my father was leading his brother to the Lord, Frank Howard. And he's telling him how to be saved. And my brother Paul stood next to my dad while he's telling his brother Frank how to be saved. Guess what? My dad was talking to Frank, but the nine-year-old boy, the light came on. That's when he got saved. Right there. Right there. So let me say this. Evangelism, souls... We need to be asking God, pleading to God. Don't give up. Paul didn't give up. He kept preaching the gospel. He, that's God's means. That's God's means. But I love it. I love it whether we like it or not. There's no secret little mechanism, little some way. No, 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 no. It's, salvation is of the Lord. If he doesn't work, what's the difference between sovereignty and free will? I don't know. You figure it out. When it talks sovereignty, I'm preaching sovereignty. When it tells you to respond, I'm going to tell you to respond. Believe and you will be saved. See it and you'll receive it. The reason you've never received him, you've never seen him. I pray God open the heart. Listen to what Paul said even to believers in Ephesians 1. I pray that God would give you the spirit of revelation in the inner man that you could see and comprehend what you have in Christ. Most Christians don't understand what they've got in Christ, let alone an unsaved world that Satan is blinding. We must intercede. We must keep the gospel. And let me say another thing. The devil doesn't care for about everything but the gospel. Be about everything. Be about choirs, music, this, that. Is the gospel the central message and driving purpose of this church? And this church isn't this building. It's you and I. Is that's what's driving us? Are we going to anybody that needs it? That's our mission. That's our challenge. And you know what? I'm afraid. Don't get so used setting in the light. Keith Green wrote a song. The world sleeps in the dark while many in the church sleep in the light. 
Don't sleep. Let us awake. Let us keep telling this message. And let no one ever be lost who was around us without them saying, I heard it from them. I heard it from them. They told me the gospel. Only God could say, let there be light. We'll leave that up to him. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.